0: You know it's time to talk about Saturdays, and let's get right into it. We've got Penn State. We've got Ohio State. This is the game of the week. Buckeyes are four-and-a-half-point favorites at home with a total of 45-and-a-half. Joe, how do you see this one working out?
1: Uh, Yeah. And, you know, it's tough with Penn State because you're trying to figure out exactly what they are. And we'll, we'll start to learn about them this week because they haven't played anybody. There are two road games this year, Illinois and Northwestern. And now you've got to stroll into Columbus. Uh, This line has been ticking up a little bit, but it's hanging out in no man's land right now, four and a half. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if it comes down a little bit before we get to this game so but like all, all the numbers with Penn State you've got to take with a grain of salt since they haven't played anyone now Ohio State has you know at least they they have the Notre Dame game in there which they won 17 to 14 and I do think that's a little telling on what we're gonna see in this specific matchup uh the quarterback play is a question mark I, th- I think for both sides y- you could mention that uh there's a reason that the market has been saying, nah, total's too high. Like, earlier in the week when we started talking about this game, it was sitting around 47.5 and and now it's dropped a couple of points down to 45.5, and And I think that's the right number, and I would still go under. I I think we're going to see a lower-scoring affair uh, tomorrow morning, Penn State, Ohio State.
2: Yep. That's what I have down to is the under. I'm not expecting a whole lot of points in this one. Penn State's defense is really good. Number one in yards allowed per pass attempt. But I guess to your point, Joe, you could say who have they played? (laughs) They're number two in sacks with 27. Um, Opposing running backs are averaging 2.4 yards per carry that ranks third. The only way I'm looking at this to play it is the under here.
0: Under makes a whole lot of sense in large part because Penn State on early downs they've kind of struggled in that department. Uh, Great defense that they're going up against where they will have to convert on third and medium and third and long. And for the most part, Penn State has been able to do that. The problem is, okay, these predictable plays on first and second down, that's not going to work. This is not a defense you can go up against and expect to move the chains if you put yourself in a bind on third down. I just don't trust the Nittany Lions as far as that's concerned. And not to mention, one thing that I harped upon is to win in college football, you have to have explosive plays. Look no further than the Washington-Oregon game. Washington was more apt for explosive plays, and they wound up winning the football game, even though it was mighty, mighty close. In this contest, who do you trust with the explosive plays? It's Ohio State. I don't care how good Penn State's defense is. At some point, it can break down. And I think the Buckeyes should be able to to wallop in a game like this. Four and a half. I don't think it's a big enough spread. I think the Buckeyes can cover this one. And if you like the under, I wouldn't uh, dissuade you from that one. But I would also not be surprised if we get, say, a twenty-eight to fourteen kind of affair, where yeah, it goes under, but it is a definitive winner.
1: You think we're going to get Trayvon Henderson? I, I, like we were getting reports last week that he was going to be just fine expected to play for the Purdue game does not right. they had multiple injuries back there it, it i kind of got the feeling like they were saving him like they knew that they were going to be just fine in that Purdue game with Marvin yeah, Harrison a couple of the other backs you know five star backs i got a million of them that let's just wait mm-hmm. off we don't need to, to force it in these conditions let's wait for the big game next week
2: it will be a great matchup if they do because penn state's run defense is so good and ohio state when their backs are healthy it'll be a fun matchup to watch
0: well and if game script is suggestive of anything then that run defense is going to get tested for the first time how can they handle what ohio state's trying to do i i'm mm-hmm. more bearish about that than anything else i think ohio state You know, enough power rankings have them as the top team in America, and they probably discounted Penn State because of the schedule. I think four and a half is just not big enough. How about we move on to Utah and USC? Trojans, seven-point favorites at home, coming off of a bad loss at Notre Dame. Bad loss in the terms of how they played. First game where Caleb Williams very much looked human. Total is 53 and a half, Joe. What do you like here?
1: (sighs) It's, uh, it's, um, this one's really interesting. What are they going to do? How are they going to bounce back after getting embarrassed? The worst game of your career. You're the talk of the season. Like He's got to talk to reporters about fans that are trolling him on the field. Like There's so much noise going on after what happened Saturday night in South Bend. Um, The seven, at at first blush, I was like, boy, that's interesting. So they bet that went up six and a half to seven. Is it strictly a bounce back or what? But I think a, a part of that probably not being discussed enough is you've got to look to the other side. And when you look to the other side, you've got a Utah team. When they're at home versus on the road, they're completely different, right? There's that. The offensive struggles, like you know, Cam Rising, I guess we're never going to see them. Is that is that what's happening? Like, it wasn't that long ago, week one, where it was a question mark. Yeah, killed but, them now it's already. Just, but now it's like we're not even talking about it, that Cam Cam Rising is going to play. Uh, they've gone to Barnes now. Uh, that's been a bit of an issue. Like, okay, the Utes are a great defense. They have that every year. They're they're arguably the best in the country stopping the run. Well, USC is all about the pass game. I'm expecting a big performance from Caleb Williams at home. Uh, I understand why we're at seven. I was looking at team total stuff. Even against the Utes, it's 30 and a half. Like, the expectation... Hmm is the Trojans just snapping this one. Uh, Touchdowns, it's three and a half for UFC. USC, I think that's pretty interesting. But now I do understand why, why all the money is coming in on USC. I get it.
2: Yeah, this just seems like a bounce-back spot. All the pressure they want to prove that last week wasn't a big deal. And they have to. I mean, Caleb Williams can't have another bad performance. He is human. But you have got to smash your opponent in this situation. Uh, I just think this is an easy spot for them to cover the spread. I'll be on USC. I
0: think it's something where... When we think of USC's offense with a Heisman Trophy winner, we go, okay, these totals should be in the 60s, right? But we see something at 53 and (laughs) a half, and maybe we've just been so inundated with NFL totals in the 30s, we think 53 and a half is high. But in reality, for a Pac-12 game like this, Mm -hmm. 53 and a half seems a little low to me. Like, I don't know if uh, you guys have kind of the same vibe, but I wonder if some of that is just recent history, uh, really with a couple of factors. Number one, Utah's defense done very well and it's done well against Caleb Williams especially last season so there's that but then also too I wonder if some people are thinking okay did Notre Dame's defense offer up a blueprint as to how to contain Caleb Williams because Mm -hmm. if that didn't exist then maybe this is a much higher total not just a few points but several points I see this as being a situation where last week doesn't mean a whole lot to me last season doesn't mean a whole lot to me either and it is entirely possible that USC goes nuts in a game like this. The Utes don't have the defense to be able to contain this offense. This could be a blowout. I don't know if I want to back USC, though there is a route to that, but I think the over makes a lot more sense, especially given what we've said time and time and time again on Beck UL Daily, and that is that this USC defense gives up a lot of explosive plays. So even if Utah has a backup quarterback in there, chuck it deep, they should be just fine.
1: I agree with that idea and I kind of had that same thought process and I was considering the over. I'm like, you know what? I don't know that Utah's going to be able to do their part, even though any matchup against this Trojans defense is a plus matchup. Right? So then I looked at the team total. Okay. 30, 30 and a half. But if I think USC is going over the team total,
3: I was like, I should just bet
1: a minus seven. So that, that's where I ended up landing. That That's, that's kind of how, how I got there. I just don't know if Utah's going to be able to do their part, even though, They should, I don't care who's starting at quarterback. You've got, there's a certain baseline when you're facing this defense.
0: For sure. Absolutely. All right. How about a little lightning round here? Uh, What's a game that stands out to you, Joe? Let's do it.
1: Mario Cristobal. What is going to happen now? I knew it. Minus 10,000. You were
0: going to go to that one.
1: So now what? So Clemson is a three-point road favorite. And, you know, when you look at Clemson, it's already a couple of losses. Anytime they they face a decent opponent, they've lost. And it feels like if you look at the second half of their schedule, like there are other scheduled losses, the way that they've looked this year and the issues that they've had on offense. Like they still have Notre Dame. They still have to go against Drake May in North Carolina. Like this just this might be for their level a disaster for Clemson. This might surprise you. But I thought that was a terrible spot of all the drama, all the noise surrounding the Hurricanes program last week. And you you struggle against the pass, and then here's Drake May. Now some people are saying he might be the best quarterback in the country instead of Caleb Williams, based on how Williams performed last week in in South Bend. That was an awful spot. It's Klubnik this week. That's very, very different. And he's part of the reason that Clemson is not meeting expectations. I like Miami plus three. I think they get it together. And uh yeah, I'm gonna take the dog here.
2: I love it. I love it. Mario Cristobal. Hopefully he doesn't do something stupid in this one. Hopefully. <laughs> we might. He might. I know.
1: Oh my god. Wonders
0: never That's cease. Crazy.
1: Does anybody else
2: what do you like anything Aaron? on that one? I don't. Okay. I was looking to back Alabama. Is anyone else with me here? Some I big, am backing Alabama number.
0: as well. Roll Tide. Okay.
2: Yeah. I think this is the point in the season where I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be fading Alabama. I really like what they have going. I like Milroe I just think Tennessee's offense is in trouble. So Alabama is starting to look like a more complete team. I think they're starting to get things Mm -hmm. together. And I will lay the points with Alabama minus eight.
0: Feels like in that game, you're getting a bit of a discount because Alabama did let Arkansas back into the ball game last week. K.J. Jefferson, like he's a good quarterback and he's finally getting healthier. And that's a situation where, you know, I think they kind of took a step back, you know, took the ga- you know, foot off the gas pedal, so to speak. So yeah, Arkansas got back into this game, but I was never really concerned that Ar- Arkansas would come back and win on the road. That was never something I thought could happen. It was more about a spread game than anything else. But I, I'm with you. Like, I think Tennessee took a big step back offensively against Texas AM. and m Look, AM's played well defensively. Yeah. I think that's fine. But that was a step back for the Vols. And now you're going up against stiffer competition. Look, it is really tough to pass against Alabama. The fact that Texas was able to do it says a lot about them. But almost nobody else has been able to. And that's significant. They are top 10 in EPA per pass, Alabama is I think this is a deal where Tennessee cannot sustain drives. Milrow should get out to an early lead, and then they're just going to run the ball and wear this Tennessee defense down a good bit, chew up the clock, and this should be a relatively efficient win for Alabama as far as I'm concerned. Real quickly, I want to get to this whole Mario Cristobal thing because as Mm -hmm. someone who has been around the LSU football program for a long time, when I saw Les Miles mess up clock management time and time and time again what was so (laughs) fascinating to me about that was it didn't affect recruiting very much and he kept his job way longer than he should have despite these in-game decisions and so when it comes to Cristobal yeah it's easy to make fun of him but I wonder like do players really care about that stuff is it something where you can still make a name for yourself at the University of Miami to where, yeah, crystal ball does make you look bad at times, but ultimately I can do what I want to do at that program and then move on to the next level. I, I I want to say, Joe, like I don't hate that play. Like Clemson, you know, is a bit of a concern because I feel like at some point this offense should go off. It should, but if it doesn't, then yeah, Miami can win this game outright. And I think maybe these in-game decisions are a little overblown.
1: Yeah, I don't think uh, recruits care about that. I think they care about their personal interactions right. as they're going through the recruiting process with those coaches. And maybe a part of them's like, you know what? I want to fight for this guy. I like this guy. And and look, he yeah. didn't lose the team. Like, there's a reason. And they're with him every single day. Like, I want to be part of that. It it might actually, when everybody's out, you know, just throwing stones, might actually help them a little bit in that whole process. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, you're right. Those Some of those coaches, they still did not impact recruiting. Um, I quickly wanted to mention uh, Duke, Florida State. The number's 14 sure. and a half. So Elko said the other day that, riley leonard might play calling it day to day i'm not buying that i i would like some clarity on this situation but that injury at the end of the notre dame game i'm not expecting him to be back in this spot uh last week without leonard they passed 12 times i mean we know the knolls are going to be able to score we know it if mm-hmm. they fall behind it's going to be a different uh, different game script. So if Leonard's out and, and that's the number or it's under 17, I would still like the Noles as a heavy favorite. For sure.
0: This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we will get to Dolphins-Eagles and we'll get to the two-minute drill with NFL weekly leaders and so much more. That's right here on the BetQL Network.
4: We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by Bet's MGM on the BetQL Network.
0: Sunday night football, and as promised, we have a higher total game of 52 between the Dolphins and the Eagles. Thank goodness we get something that looks like two competent offenses. Eagles, two and a half point favorites at home. Joe, what do you like?
1: Yeah, we, we thought that before. So in this year's NFL, maybe last night was a sign of things to come for the week where we get some some higher scoring when many, many people were expending that expecting that one uh to go under the total. But you know, in this matchup, it's interesting that what we've seen is the market moving in the direction of Philadelphia. And during Let's Be Sharper, we talked about how you know some of these secondary numbers, watch out for them. It's not only about the three and the seven. And, you know, going through that too. Maybe that's something, and maybe that's the difference uh in covering the spread in this game. No, I mean, the Dolphins offense, we know what they're going to do. Oh, wait, we got drama. Stephen A, I can't believe he said that about Tua. Because nobody's criticized Tua in the last couple of years. It's like like the Dolphins are looking for some sort of motivation uh, in this spot. I, I have questions about the Dolphins defense. When you give up 300 yards to Carolina, the worst offense in the NFL, I mean those are going to be brought up again. It's going to be uh good for them when Ramsey does return. So it sounds like that's going to happen in a few weeks. They can score with anybody. Mostert steps in. They didn't they didn't lose anything. He he snaps. Like he's on pace for 31 touchdowns this year. So the Dolphins offense is going to get theirs. But are they going to be able to stop the Eagles? Um Hurts coming off a three interception game, I expect them to stick with the ground game a little bit more. I know it going into that loss against the Jets, I don't think we're that shocked because it kind of felt like the loss is coming. Like they're 5-0, and but the loss is coming. And, th- and then they got it, was it out of the way last week? We shall see. Uh, I think they're going to stick to the ground more. That That's the strength of this team. It feels like they've been trying to force the whole Hurts downfield passer thing. Uh, we'll see. Devontae Smith did not practice, but he does expect that he's going to play. Uh, in this matchup, I like the Eagles at home laying less than a field goal. Um, I think this is a really good spot coming off the loss going against the
2: Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and John Diggle likes the Eagles too. The more I think about it, I think this might be one in the trenches. And that's where the Eagles have the advantage here, both with the offensive and defensive lines. I think the Dolphins' run defense might be, the issue for them in this matchup. So I think that Tua and Tyreek will stop the games, but I think when it all comes down to it, it'll just be uh, Eagles being able to stop them in some type of way in the trenches and they'll have the advantage here.
0: I don't think that's the case at all. I I think the Dolphins' ground game is uh, poised for a pretty good good situation and I'm taking the points. I'm backing the Dolphins in this spot. I get that the Dolphins do struggle with play action passing and they do struggle with some deep shots and they won't have Jalen Ramsey for this game. And so that should persist. So expect AJ Brown to mm-hmm. have him a big game, but where are the explosives for the Eagles outside of AJ Brown? Like to me, that's concerning. I want to see Devonte Smith go off. I want to see a tight end, get a bunch of yak. And I don't know if we've seen that enough this season, to feel comfortable that in a potential shootout, look, the total is suggesting we're going to get a shootout. Can the Eagles keep up? I just don't know. And as far as this Eagles run defense, they haven't faced a challenge like Raheem Mostert and company. This is a completely different offense that they're Mm -hmm. going up against where passing-wise, they will be more than competent because of how quickly Tua gets rid of the football and just how dynamic Tyreek Hill is. But I also think the outside zone rushes uh, with Mostert, I think this is a different animal altogether where they're going to have to chase down some really fast guys. And I just don't know if they're capable of that. And so I'm backing the Dolphins. I also think Mostert over 14 and a half rushing yards is as long as carry. I really love that play. I do expect Mostert to have at least one big run in him.
1: Anybody want to say over? It's going over.
2: Let's do it. I think
0: it's a sharp number. Just for, I think it's a sharp just number. <laughs> just for funsies? Just for fuzzies. yeah. 27-25 game? We could see that, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we could. Um, no, not teasing it because of the total, but mm-hmm. how does Dolphins plus 8.5? that is that a concern? I mean, I'm on the Eagles, so I'm not going to tease the Dolphins, but when you think about the Dolphins like getting 8.5, um, they would, they did lose by a bunch of scores against the bills, but aside from that, right.
0: I wouldn't, I mean, you mentioned the total is the big reason why, but we could see a garbage touchdown somewhere, right? But that's within the realm yeah. of possibilities. There is a path uh, for
1: that. Have you guys seen much on the status of Lane Johnson? That's a concern. I have not. Yeah. I it sounds like, like he's going to
3: play. I, I saw some tweets earlier that it sounds like he's going to play.
1: Okay, that's big. That's huge right, yeah. for them, for sure.
2: He's and been limited. Devontae's
1: been, been limited. Jalen Carter, all these guys have been limited for them. So if you're limited, big game like this, I could see them. It, it is a big game, and it's not it's, because it's AFC versus NFC. But like, they need a bounce back right. here.
2: Is Julio playing? I don't see he his props it. list.
1: You won't. Right. You won't. What's the prop going to
0: be? Half a <laughs> yard. <laughs> Julio. Oh, God. Will he be cut uh, after the game? <laughs> spicy now that,
1: that I want odds for. <laughs> yes. Like, just the headlines. Julio Jones signed to boost Eagles offense. No, that's not. That's not it. But. I mean, I guess getting a guy like that in the locker room is probably not a bad thing. And, you know, they have so many veterans, like he's not expected to really do anything for that team. I guess you look at it from that perspective and it's fine, but he's not going to do anything.
0: No, I don't think so. All right, guys, uh, it is time now for our weekly tradition, none other than the two minute drill. It's time to go no huddle with a BetQL Daily 2-Minute Drill. And to guide us in our festivities is none other than the man who only packs half a backpack. It's Paul Aspen.
3: Travel light. Travel light. Stay mobile uh all right let's dive into an abbreviated two-minute drill with the weekly leaders and we could talk about alt lines here as well which we mentioned like drake london 75 to 1 for receiving leader last week did not quite get there but pretty big payout what was it? 8 to 1 plus 850 to go 100 plus yards so any matchups yeah. in those regards let's start with passing leaders on sunday
0: Okay, we do have a couple of games that could be shootouts. If that's the case, I want to go after some underdogs. And so we just mentioned Eagles and Dolphins. So why not take Jalen Hurts at 12-1? to Maybe I'm wrong and uh, not backing Mm. the Eagles. Well, hey, if I'm wrong about it, fine. But maybe this is a nice hedging. So give me Hurts at 12-1. to Other game that could be uh, higher scoring, we could have Chargers and Chiefs be higher scoring. If that's the case, why not take Justin Herbert at nine to one? If he's constantly paying up uh, playing catch up Joe.
1: Yeah. Um, look, I I've got a lot on receiving and rushing. This is the one when I look at the board and I'm like, okay, okay. And I'm taking a look at the longer shots. Like even the ones that are 20 and 25 to one somewhere in that range, like there's no value. What are the chances mm-hmm. that Minshew or Walker or Pickett are your passing leaders? And we're only getting 25 on that. I I think that's ridiculous. So I didn't, I didn't like any of these plays out here. Like if, if I'm going down the board and it's a plus matchup, let's assume Hoyer's the guy, even though that hasn't officially been announced, I guess I would go Hoyer at 30 to one. It wouldn't surprise me if the bears are leading in that game and Hoyer's Going to Devontae. He's been talking a lot this week. He wants the ball. So, a guy that knows the offense well, that's maybe a shot I would take.
2: My process was similar to Ed's. Looked at the two highest totals, potential shootouts, checked out Hertz at 12 to 1. Ultimately, I'll just bet the chalkier pick with Mahomes at 6 to 1. It should be a shootout between Mahomes and Herbert. So, give me Mahomes.
1: You're muted. Uh, unmute yourself. Oh, a dollar <laughs> in the jar. <laughs> Check Action yourself As- before you
0: unmute
3: yourself. <laughs>
0: Action. Oh.
2: Um,
3: all right. So let's combine re- rushing and receiving yards, leaders. Uh, anything you like on the board there? And Joe, let's start with you. It sounds like you got a, a handful. Let's go, Joe, Ed, Aaron.
1: I do. Um, The alt numbers, I haven't seen those posted. So take a look later. I want to see what happens, what's happening with the injury report with the Bears. Um, the, the, if Roshan Johnson does practice today and he's a go, like they don't have any running backs. So I could see them leaning heavily towards him. If he's going to start, he's 60 to one, 60 to one for a rushing leader against the Raiders. Uh, at wide receiver, some bombs out there. I just mentioned the Raiders, DJ Moore, great matchup, 50 to one, DJ Moore. We've seen him win this category to be the receiving leader. Christian Watson against that Broncos secondary, 60 to 1 to be a receiving leader. Rasheed Rice, 150 to 1 to be the receiving leader and potentially a high scoring affair. And something that I don't normally see posted, but it's like, hey, if I'm not big on Kelsey this week, somebody's going to be the tight end receiving leader. Michael Mayer's turning it on, 40 to 1. Bears struggle against tight ends, so that's a possibility. All these names I've mentioned, uh, I will be taking a look at alt numbers.
0: It is a dangerous proposition to fade the Browns defense, and as far as spreads are concerned, I'm certainly not doing that, but in the rushing market, I think it's something where you're finding a lot of value, and it is possible that – hey, running back breaks free, and then that matters. Like, I see Jonathan Taylor at 3-1 to to finish as the rushing leaner, someone who we do believe in as a running back is concerned. So I think there's some value there despite the matchup. Also, too, there is a path for, yes, Chiefs-Chargers could be a higher-scoring affair – could also be something where the Chargers' defense kind of goes back to being a pumpkin in terms of stopping the run. And Isaiah Pacheco at 11-1, to 1, if the Chiefs get out to a huge lead and they run a bit more, I think there's value there as well. And then as far as receiving is concerned, how about just DJ Moore at 50-1? to 1? Get the ball to him early and often against that pass defense. Uh, let's see what happens there despite quarterback play. Love it,
2: love it. All right, with receiving leader, I was looking at AJ Brown, 11 to 1. Um, kind of liked your process, Ed, with looking at Jalen Hurts for the passing leader. And I mean, AJ Brown's capable of putting up some big numbers. So 11 to 1 is some good value there. I'll go with Kenneth Walker for the rushing leader. Um, not a lot of value there, but I'm just expecting a big game. They are who we thought they were. Fading the Cardinals. Ken Walker has a big game.
3: I'll be looking at JSN and Lock It Alt lines. I think with DK uh, banged up, really it could hard. definitely turn into a Walker game in the second half. But um, some juicy numbers on JSN yeah. this week for sure. By the By the um, way, oh,
1: yeah. a, a name we were talking about earlier with John Dago that you want to pay attention to injury report today. If Gibbs is good to go. He's forty to one. That's a weather game. The Lions are going to have to run the ball, so that that number could drop mm. for sure.
3: All right, sure uh, wrapping up quickly here. Let's go. It can be a teaser. It can be an alt line. It can be a money line dog. Pick your poison, Aaron. Let's start with you.
2: Oh man, gosh, teaser, teaser. So I'll go with the Bears. Um, I like that. And let's put the. Do the Seahawks? Yeah, Bears Seahawks.
1: For teaser,
3: Teaser yeah. or, money or anything line you dog. want, whatever you want to, yeah, anything you want to throw out there, Joe.
1: I'm going to save my teaser. We'll do that next segment. Moneyline dog. I agree. It's a show bet. Going Bears.
0: No problem there. Uh, I will also save my teaser for lightning bets Um, and it might look slightly familiar, but that's okay. But as far as an alternate prop, it, we, we've mentioned this a couple times already, but Kenneth Walker, maybe I don't love him as uh, finishing as the rushing leader for the week. But if he breaks free a couple of times against that Cardinals defense, would be really be surprised. Like he could go over 100 yards without breaking a sweat. And that's plus 225 as an alternate number. And I like that a lot. The other one, too, is. Devontae Smith, again, could be a shootout in this game. Haven't heard a whole lot from him. Maybe he's also frustrated, but we take him over 90 yards. That's plus 225 as well. I think both are very much in play. What
3: about a Moneyline dog parlay? What do you got? Steelers, Mm. Bears, 4-1. to Yep, love it.
2: Love it. Love that. that.
0: There you go. I like it. This is Beck UL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next are Lightning Bets, our favorite plays for the weekend. That's right here on the Beck UL Network. Welcome back to VQL Daily, presented by the MGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. We will get to our lightning bets in just a bit, but first, got to talk about two Major League Baseball postseason games happening today. First, in the ALCS, we've got the Astros and the Rangers, and this pitching rematch between Justin Verlander and Jordan Montgomery. Uh, The money lines are mighty, mighty tight. Just about a pick'em. Rangers are slight favorites at home. Joe, what do you like here?
1: uh i think uh lower scoring game lower scoring game here under eight and a half is my play with verlander and montgomery you know it's funny there's not any more chatter about verlander in the playoffs he's kind of shut that one down uh the series has been fascinating i i think the number in the money line is right it's a coin flip it's a complete coin flip and there's, there's no home field we understand that, but it's still a bit of a surprise when you go four games and the road team keeps winning every single game. Montgomery's last game in this series, the Astros didn't have any extra base hits. So now they're the hot offense. They, they've done very well in Arlington. I, I'm curious how that plays out, but I, I think these workhorse guys are going to pitch the majority of the game. You know, we've seen Verlander pitch into the seventh in the playoffs this year. Wouldn't surprise me if that happens again. Uh, Montgomery's really good in two of his three starts. He had trouble in the the one against Baltimore, but uh, a lot of things line up for me to, to go under and that's where I'm going under eight and a half.
2: Kind of like the idea of fading the former Mets pitchers (laughs) and fade Verlander here. But I do think that the Astros have figured something out. The Rangers totally let them in, back into the series. They've got all the momentum. I'm going to do Astro's Moneyline minus 105 at BetMGM.
0: There you go. I like it. Total is nine at BetMGM, by the way, Joe. So definitely uh, you, you okay. look there and that would certainly uh, help the cause as far as going in the under. One prop I love in this one, Jordan Alvarez over one and a half total bases at plus 125. If the Astros have figured something out, it's certainly because of Jordan. And I just don't know how they stymie him. I I know Montgomery pitched really, really well in game one, but it's Jordan Alvarez. Like, at some point, he's going to go nuts no matter how great the pitching is. And at plus money for him to go over one and a half total bases, I think that is a great play. How about the NLCS, Phillies, and Diamondbacks? Philadelphia on the road, but they are minus 130 favorites with a total of nine and a half, Joe.
2: Okay,
1: this is the game you jump back in on the Phillies home runs, okay? This is the spot. Now we can. Diamondbacks, opener. Uh, It's going to be a bullpen game. Ryan Nelson probably going to pitch the majority of the innings, but they're going to have to run through a lot of arms. Arizona is. Phils are going to be ready. So I looked up uh, the home run numbers on a bunch of guys. Now, Schwarber, It's like the numbers low i don't know the best you can find this morning was plus 350. so if you want to go there fine he'll probably homer but the ones the numbers that i really liked more uh trey turner plus 520. harper plus 425. cassianos plus 560. and ed your guy marsh he's getting close he's getting doubles like i feel it i feel it happening soon there's a nine to one on marsh to homer today nine to one Ooh. out there so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna use i use some fillies hopefully it does well like the astros one worked last night
2: all right if you say so then i will do it <laughs> i need to get my money back um i'll do bryce harper trey turner castellanos i'm running it back,
4: <laughs> Half
2: Run a it back. Minute. yes let's go
0: all right fair enough uh I am not if, on the Marsh trained yeah yeah. if
2: I whiff again I'm out on this but let's just run it back one more day
0: <laughs> well the series will almost be over like, that's, we're running out of time here uh I okay maybe you can convince me to to go back to Brandon Marshall one more time for a home run and especially in a bullpen game like that makes a whole lot of sense Trey Turner over one and a half bases at minus 120 that feels like a slam dunk to me right like, yeah, how does he not yeah. get at least two bags? It, you know, with how well he's hitting in this situation, I, I think that's that's as much of a guarantee as you're going to get for a prop like this. So that's definitely the play that I like there. All right, guys. Lightning bets time. Let's talk a little football. Let's talk some teasers. I've got a 3 prong teaser for you guys. Bears plus eight and wow. a half. Bills minus two and a half. Seahawks minus one and a half. My three legs right there, Bears, Bills, and Seahawks. Got to include my alternate spread, right? Got to do this each and every single week because it's my bit. Steelers, line minus two and a half. All the things that we're saying about Mike Tomlin coming off of the bye, I think matter here. I think our priors on the Rams certainly matter here, especially defensively where Kenny Pickett is able to do just enough to keep this offense going and win this game on the road. Javante Williams, over 47.5 rushing yards. I think the Packers will invite the Broncos to run a little bit more, and I'm not sure Denver's going to win this game at home, but I do think they're going to try to on the ground, so I think he will have a pretty good day. Rashad White, under 72.5 rushing and receiving yards. How much faith can you really have in this Bucks rushing attack? Uh, You know, it's going to be about Baker Mayfield throwing the football against this Falcons defense, so I think that's a good play. And then Browns, Colts, under 40-and-a-half, two offenses I have no faith in, and one defense. That's not just the best in football, but miles better than everybody else, Joe.
1: All right. That's funny. You start with the teaser. I'll start with the teaser. You mentioned three teams. My two-leg teaser has two of the three that you mentioned – So I, I like your teaser a lot. I did Seattle to Buffalo, Buffalo. You can get inside of a field goal in Seattle. You're just asking them to win the game. So Seattle Buffalo for my teaser. NFL side Eagles is my favorite. I'm going minus two and a half. I'm hoping that the number drops over the weekend. I think there's a possibility. I don't expect this to go to three because it'll be a flood of dolphins plus three. So if you want to wait on that, I, I don't have a problem with that. NFL total. I have Browns Colts under 40 and a half. Now, there are reports that what Watson's practicing today, and he's throwing a bunch, so he might play. Right now, I'd wait to see if that number jumps up a little bit because then, then you would want to jump on the under there. But uh, like the under in that game, DJ Moore, this number's crazy low, 52 and a okay. half. Like Badgen even knew that last week when he was in relief duty after not practicing all week, like he needed to find DJ Moore and that's gonna be the game plan this week. So Moore's gonna fly over fifty two and a half. Last one, like I was I was uh, debating with like five different things that I liked. I landed on college. first game tomorrow. we're all gonna be watching. I'm gonna do Penn State, Ohio State first half under twenty three and a half. As my final lightning back going into the weekend. And Seahawks and Survivor.
2: Let's go. Great picks. I love those. All right. I'm going to start with Desmond Ritter interception. It's even money. And I could see why. (laughs) Looking at his game log, he does have some games where he hasn't thrown one. Three. Uh, But he did have three interceptions last week. So hopefully he has at least one this week. Kenneth Walker. I was trying to find which props I like the most. Longest rush, 16 and a half. I'm going over. He's only gone under that twice and it was 14 and 15 yards. Geno Smith over one and a half passing touchdowns. I I think he's going to have a really good game. And I don't think that's a lot to ask and then bears plus two and a half i think they can win outright so i'll take bears on the spread and another spread it's a big number but this team that they're playing the patriots are in complete disarray right now give me the bills minus eight and a half Woo. great spot for them
3: Okay, I will go very heavy NFL sides here, but we'll go Steelers plus three. We talked about them. We like them to win. Sprinkle the money line there as well. Seahawks minus seven and a half. I think they cover that easily. Uh, JSN related. It's a little bit of a timing thing, but they have been working them more into the offense. It's a low number, 35 and a half. Don't hate Lockett at, I believe it's 55 and a half, 53 and a half, something like that in the mid 50s. But we'll go with a little lower number on JSN over 35 and a half receiving yards. Chargers, plus five and a half. We talked about it yesterday. Usually a field goal game. They're frisky. They're live in these games. So, um, got to see that offense get going. But at five and a half, I'll play that as well. And one more. It's, you know what? Instead of the Bears side, I'll just go. I'll do the Seahawks to Bears teaser. Teaser. I couldn't get there with like the Atlantas of the world, the Giants of the world. I know. So I know. Down to minus one and a half. And the Bears up. To
1: it's eight. weird. I, I feel like most weeks our teasers are heavy underdogs. But this week it's favorites. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of good favorite spots. <laughs> yep.
2: Okay.
4: What's up? All right. Uh, a lot of baseball. What's up, guys? Hey, how's it going? Uh, all right. I, don't, I can't really explain it. I know it's probably not good to go against the Astros and Verlander when they're hot. But... I'm going to take the Rangers on the first five. Montgomery's been awesome. This is what the Rangers acquired him for. He has good postseason history going back to last year as well. So I'm going to take the Rangers on the first five. He has good history against this Astros lineup and 100 plus ABs. I'm also going to take Marcus Semien, two plus bases. One decent game he's had this postseason was against Verlander, has good history against Verlander, hits over 300 against him and with a couple home runs. So Semien over one and a half total bases, two plus total bases, whatever you want to say. Uh, and the, Jose Abreu, is still plus 120 over one and a half total bases he's been awesome all postseason I like I don't know what we're doing here like plus money he's on Alvarez's level right now as far as how well they're hitting so Abreu over one and a half total bases as well and actually has decent history versus Montgomery the just for funsies home run play of the day and this goes into my last one too I kind of think the Diamondbacks are going to win I actually think they make it no a series Leo. today because I think Sanchez hasn't thrown a pitch in a month for the Phillies. Wow. He hasn't made a start in over a month. Like the Phillies might be bullpenning here too, and things might just get weird here. Okay. I kind of yeah. think the Diamondbacks win today. So, and because of that, I think they start hot. The just for is a Cattell Marte, six to one, three hits yesterday, including the walk-off, is having he an awesome postseason. Back. So I'm gonna call my shot lead-off home run for Catel Marte today. I think the Diamondbacks win. We should or should home go, go run, over right
1: In that game, over.
0: Wow. That's Where's what that? I was thinking. Like, why not just take the over?
4: Over, to so I think over the Dimebacks
0: Manhattan? win. Well, you could well both could win, be true. But the over both could feels be true, more true. reliable. Yeah. yeah, of course. I like to live on, on the riot. edge,
4: Ed. I don't care about reliable. I don't want reliable. Let I want the Dimebacks release. money wine.
0: I, I know you do. Like, that's how you celebrate Thanksgiving's on the edge. Thanks for watching and listening to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. For those listening, next up is Jim Rohn. For those watching on Twitch and YouTube, stay tuned for the Daily Tip. Have a great weekend, everybody.